To me, people who say that they celebrate their abortion, it shows a willful ignorance of biology. Uh, but when it comes from the pulpit, uh, a place where you think they would know better, then we really have to start asking questions about the narrative that's being pushed. Let me show you this example. So this is us actress Milana Vaintrub. I don't know if you've heard of her, I hadn't, but uh, this is her. She decided to share the details of her abortion story in a column for the alternative news website, The Daily Beast, because she wants Americans to understand the difficulties of pregnancy and parenthood, correct, and the need for abortion, not correct. Now, notably, news outlets like The Daily Beast, they really, if ever, allow mothers who regret their abortions or who choose life in difficult circumstances uh, and are blessed by having their child, they don't get the chance to share their stories. But Milano Vaintrub says she's haunted by the prospect of what we all stand to lose if the US Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion free for all in the United States. And of course, if it gets overturned, it doesn't mean it's immediately, immediately illegal. It just means that individual states can decide. So in this article, and, and what happens is she has an abortion, but then a few years later, she then has a child. And she says this, I now know how hard it is to carry a bowling ball-sized human to full term. I know the back-breaking will it takes to give birth to a baby. I know the toll of sleepless nights and a torn body, the necessity of support, the pause it puts on your career, relationships, and goals. I cannot fathom the cruelty of enduring all this, plus a lifetime of childbearing, if you do not want it. She then says, for so many reasons, I am grateful for the beautifully boring abortion I had. <laughs> it's a terrible phrase, isn't it? Beautifully boring abortion I had and the essential healthcare I received. Mainly because today I can show up for my little person with open arms knowing I've chosen our life together. There's lots of I words amongst all that, although there's an acknowledgement that actually there is another life involved. But that's the narrative that is being pushed in mainstream media, that we should celebrate abortion, that it's just like uh, tonsils or appendix, nothing to see here. But of course, then the media wants to go and uh, weaken the message, the pro-life message that comes out of churches. And uh, the Washington Post had this article featuring this minister, Reverend Kaylee McAvoy from Westmoreland Congregational who is a reproductive rights advocate. And Westmoreland apparently is in the suburb of Bethesda, and it's full of liberal people who support abortion access. Uh, now, of course, uh, you may know Bethesda was the pool of Bethesda, known from the uh, New Testament account of Jesus healing uh, the paralyzed man in John 5. Now, why did they go to her to get her opinion? Well, this is what uh, analysts or strategists uh, call uh, weakening the message, especially from moral sources like churches. Uh, and it's outlined in a book called After the Ball. And what they say is this, that what they need to do is muddy the moral waters by publicizing the support of liberal churches, challenging traditional interpretations of biblical teaching. Well, they certainly found a church like that. And so what they want to do is they want to show conservative churches as antiquated backwaters, badly out of step with the times, 
and with the latest findings of psychology. Well, let's have a listen to a little bit of her sermon and ironically, her uh, scripture that she's quoting is Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This portion of Psalm 139 is often used as a biblical condemnation of a woman's right to choose the best reproductive option for herself and for her family. The declaration of God knitting life in a woman's womb is used frequently to manipulate a narrative of reproduction which omits abortion as a sacred decision. The misinterpretation of this psalm has caused harm and invoked shame on an immeasurable number of women. Well, there you go. That's an interesting interpretation. Knitting together in your mother's womb apparently has nothing to do with actual cell development and the development of the unborn child. No, apparently it's just about your story and God knowing your story. Uh, but it gets worse. I personally have never felt more known and heard and loved by God than when I entered the doors of a Planned Parenthood in Bleecker Street in New York City. On a fall morning in the middle of my seminary career, I was accompanied by two friends, my then partner and his friend, my cell phone carrying messages of love from my parents and from my pastor. That morning, I made the decision to receive an abortion, and I was not alone. I was in the process of being known. But there is a moment at a health clinic when there is only one person who can pass through the threshold of the medical doors. So there I was, leaving my network of care behind and stepping forward with only the God who knew all of the parts by me, by my side. And, uh, well, it's all about her, but it's not about the unborn child. Sadly, uh, the article in the Washington Post says that when the pastor and her then boyfriend learned in 2016 that she was pregnant, the first place they went to was a cathedral to pray and to call the doctor's office in search of one to do the abortion. Other visitors to the cathedral happened to try to enter the small chapel where McAvoy was on the phone, but her boyfriend turned them away. She remembers saying, something holy is happening here. No, not holy. Final bit of this, uh, well, let's not call it a sermon. The decision to receive an abortion was one of the hardest of my life. It was a moment of wintering, of grief. And yet, even in that moment of, of aloneness, there was never a moment where I felt God's presence leave my side. In the eyes of the other women awaiting procedures on Bleecker Street, there were the comforting and suffering eyes of Jesus reflected back at me. In the shock and the phone calls and the insurance paperwork, there was the Holy Spirit providing good comrades who could hold my hand and dial the phone. 
In the grief and the wondering, there were words of prayer from my then pastor, Reverend Donna Scopper, who shared about her own reproductive loss to comfort my wound. And most of all, there was this feeling of knowing, knowing that God's love could never disappear from my life despite any fear that I had. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that she refers to grief, and there would be grief, and uh, quite understandably so. And she's right, God is there, but God is grieving also. It goes on to say that last month she addressed a group of Christian abortion access activists meeting in a uh, Washington DC church. Uh, something holy is happening here, friends. I don't think you can use the word abortion and holy in the same sentence. Uh, and uh, apparently the Reverend Angela Williams, a Presbyterian USA pastor and lead organization, uh, organizer of SACRED, which is a group that represents reproductive rights as one of the most critical justice movements of our time, well, not social justice for the unborn child. Uh, apparently, uh, she said a few years ago, she considered herself pro-choice, but was taken aback by people in her seminary who said they were pro Abortion. Uh, there's that play on words, that semantics. I don't want to use the word abortion. It's too ugly. It's too real. So it's all about pro-choice. You know, if I was part of the seminary where that uh, minister went to, I would show them uh, this little video clip, uh, the video clip of a 24-week-old. This is by King's College London, a scan of a 24-week-old. Look at the humanity of that. Uh, and you might say, well, it's 24 weeks. What, what about earlier? At 10 weeks and barely the size of a kumquat, your baby is entering the fetal stage of development. His facial features are defined and his tooth buds are forming. Over the next weeks, his tissues and organs will rapidly grow and mature. The webbing is gone between his fingers and toes and his nails and fingerprints are developing. Your baby can open and close his fists and curl his toes. Thanks to his developing muscles and reflexes, he's now moving his limbs and kicking up a storm. Isn't that a, uh, isn't that a beautiful video? It's a, a beautiful video of the unborn child, and that's why I am unashamedly pro-life and anti-abortion, because it's where science meets faith meets truth. Mm -hmm. 